you had to pick one character from the Sonic franchise that was your favorite character, who is it? Welcome, welcome, Sonic fans, uh, to another edition, actually our second edition of THD Chats. Today, I am actually joined uh, by my co-host and co-founder of the Hedgehog Zone, Houston, Poland. Houston, how's it going, man? It's been, I don't even know if a month or two months since we've seen each other and since I've probably been on the podcast. <laughs> uh, about that you've missed a few board meetings therefore we need to discuss your place i hope this isn't being recorded yet but if it is hi everybody (laughs) and it's so good to see you luis and it's great to be here and i'm super excited for our guest today so this is going to be a lot of fun yeah it, it sure is so let's go ahead and get right to it let's introduce all the way from new zealand first time we actually have someone from New Zealand on the podcast, uh, the, the founder of the famous Sonic the Hedge blog, which, by the way, awesome name. <laughs> it goes really well and it rhymes with Hedgehog. So that that was actually a really well thought out name. Uh, Ryan Langley to the podcast. Welcome, Ryan. How's it going? G'day. Thanks for having me. Uh, and yeah, I was surprised that no one had made a website called Sonic the Hedge blog either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so something, some things, right? It's like we tend to think that everyone's already created maybe all the dot coms out there, but sometimes you get shocked and you're like, wait, really? No one actually thought about that? Like, that's it's a really valuable website name, but all right. <laughs> sometimes the it. most obvious thing is just not the one that people go with. I'm, yeah. I can go for the most obvious stuff, though. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, how about we get started, uh, Ryan, by uh, really asking you, like, how did the idea to start the Hedge Block come about and, and all that? Is there a story behind yeah. that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, with uh, the Hedge Block, uh, I basically, at the time, uh, like, I had sort of gotten back into uh, some of the Sonic communities online. Uh, so, to go even further back, uh, way, way, way back, I started a, a website which is still around today called Sonic Fan Games HQ, uh, and that was um, like a, a really big Sonic community at the time, um, and that was like back in '99, and then uh, sort of left that maybe around 2002, 2003, uh, and left it with some other people who have been doing a great job with it. Um, then you know went on with my life a bit, uh, and then. Uh, I had started. I was starting some other blogs at the time. Uh, at the time, ones that were just about artwork or magazines or or whatever was going on. And then, actually, it's funny because where he- the idea for Hedgelog started was really uh, the uh, Mario blog uh, called Super Mario Broth. Uh, that is an extremely popular uh, Mario uh, Mario blog of a guy. Who is this? Who goes really deep on secrets of Mario games, or like weird bugs, or like you know, lots of stuff like this? And it reminded me of all this stuff I used to do with the fan game website, or I made one called Secrets of Sonic the Hedgehog, which had like you know all the cuts, the uh, screenshots from old from magazines of stuff that wasn't in the final game. And I was like, I reckon I could do that exact same thing, but with Sonic. Uh, I have all this stuff that I have from my old website. I've got all these other blogs that have artwork or, 
magazine articles or whatever. What if I just did that, uh, <laughs> but for Sonic? Um, so that's pretty much where uh, starting the Hedgeblog uh, came from. And then I've just been doing it ever since. Well, what are some of those uh, secrets? Do you remember some that kind of come to mind about a lot of the ones? <laughs> well, a lot of the ones. I mean, back then, a lot of it was all the stuff now that's pretty obvious, like Sonic 2's Hidden Palace Zone, uh, or Sonic surfing at the beginning of a game. At the beginning of Sonic 3, there was like a a, a bunch of stuff that went there. Uh, early screenshots of Sonic Triple Trouble, which had like knack holding a gun uh, and, and stuff like that, uh, holding up Sonic. Just lots of little things like that that were like, oh, this is this is all just interesting. But the thing about it was, and there are websites that do still do this way better, which are like things like Sonic Retro and all these things which have so much development history about games, but it's just not easily uh, digestible. Um, people Because you can go to a website and then just go, here's an absolute crap ton of of details on everything. But it, what people want, I guess, now in a Twitter format or uh, any sort of social format is just show me one little thing per day uh, that's interesting. And then that can keep, people's, uh, 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 keep people interested. Uh, so I was like, I reckon I can do that. And so I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and consistently, right, too. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's really cool. Um, and speaking of that, like, uh, when you're posting them each day, like, uh, do you have like a general theme that you have in mind, or are you just kind of like looking around and, and just trying to like uh, pick out facts of different things just to, to post? So uh, there's, a, I've got, I've now because I've gone because I'm crazy and I've got too much stuff uh, that I always do. I basically have two kinds of posts, or uh, two kinds of things I do. One which is uh, the uh, images that I post. So one of them, in terms of what I've now got, one of them is always a, just a, a static image. And then one of them is always a GIF uh, because I was basically just going through it so much that it's like, oh no, I've got, I'm posting too, oh no, I've run out of GIFs or no, I've got too many images. So just trying to make it so that my focus uh, can just uh, switch back and forth on that aspect. Um, the other one is actually the videos. So uh, I got into like, oh, I've actually got all these, you know, commercials and and so forth. Uh, and so then I was like, I'm going to get a thing that just allows me to post something, one video a day, just to like add like a different kind of content to something. And now, and then just recently I was like, all right, I'm actually going to very specifically make something that goes, a specific thing on every day so that I don't run out of a certain thing. So right now it goes, Sunday is a commercial. Monday is a trailer. Tuesday is a TV show clip of some sort from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog or whatever. Wednesday uh, was like a prototype or like a ran just a random post or whatever I wanted to do. Thursday was a cutscene from a game. Friday was a... Um, a clip from a game which I had called Sonic X under 140, which was basically trying to finish a stage of Sonic within the Twitter video size, uh, video length limit. Um, Cause you can only have like two minutes, 20 uh, on a, on a Twitter video. So just trying to finish a single stage. And then Saturday is a, uh, a music post. 
So now that's simple. That simplifies a little bit for me to like just be able to have so much content and not make myself go crazy. But also it means, oh no, I've made stuff that I actually need to make more content for constantly. That's awesome. So in terms of content development, I mean, do you make all your own gifts? Do you make all of that yourself or are you acquiring them from other sources? No, I, I make them all myself. Um, so uh, I, one of the things was, is because it's like, man, I actually really like making gifts. Uh, I enjoyed doing, uh, even for, for work at the time, I was actually, so uh, in my current job of making video games, I uh, liked trying to make some gifts or helping with some of the social media aspects of, of the studio. Um, and I just really liked making gifts at the time. And then that just went into like, oh, I can just keep doing that, but for Sonic. Um, and that's actually even gone now into, uh, I actually do make all the gifts for the uh, Sega, uh, Sega Forever uh, official really? uh, account as well. Yeah. So all the ones that you see on that are things that I'm doing uh, uh, and helping out for those guys too, as well as sourcing artwork and, and so forth. That's super cool. We know a good artist if you ever need one. <laughs> wow. You'll, probably see, you'll be seeing a lot of monkey ball ones, I think, uh, coming up. <laughs> with the... Yeah, that, that's cool. No, yeah, super monkey ball. I think that doesn't get the credit it, it should um, in general, I, I, I believe, but hopefully they, yeah. they, they keep uh, making games. So, so it eventually does because it's, it's a really fun game. Uh, I'll, I'll trade that over Mario Party any day. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's, that's really. Awesome. Uh, I know, you know, in uh, reading more about you, uh, you basically have what, you know, a lot of gamers would consider the, the dream job, right? Create video games for a living. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and you've made some interesting video games, right? That some people might even recognize, right? From uh, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, can you tell us more about, you know, what are some of those games you've worked on? Yeah. Um, so I actually started making, uh, I started in, in the, in the industry, um, as a QA tester. Um, so just, uh, testing these games in a studio called Chrome, Chrome studios in Adelaide. There I was a tester on a game called Star Wars, the force unleashed, uh, on, on the PSP version specifically. So not, <laughs> not any of the Xbox, nice Xbox. 360 I don't ones. care. <laughs> <I'm playing laughs> <on PSP>. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of just us there's like a four player multiplayer mode in that game which i, ima I imagine a whole five people ever played but <laughs> there, we, we played that um yeah uh, i was a connoisseur of that game just <laughs> want to make sure everybody here is fully aware yeah and then that when then i was qa for another one called star wars clone wars republic heroes which was not a great game but uh it, it happened <laughs> that was like the wii and ps2 one version of those then yeah. from there i joined the studio in uh, brisbane australia called Halfbrick as a designer um and i didn't really have actually much design experience but uh, at the time, I was doing some other, another different website that was about Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network data and games and stuff. And they, I think they thought I would be a pretty good, useful person for one of their upcoming. They thought that was going to be the future. That was going to, oh, oh, you know, downloadable Xbox Live Arcade games. That's going to be it. 
and then they made a game called Fruit Ninja, and then everything went mobile <laughs> straight afterwards. Um, but that that blew up. That was a, a great game. So I did not design originally the games, but I made uh, I did work on Fruit Ninja and Jetpack Joyride for them. Uh, I did make another game called Age of Zombies, which was before those, which starred the guy from Jetpack Joyride. Um, so that was like the first game he was in was like a top-down shootery sort of thing that we made in like three months for the PlayStation Portable. Um, then from there, yeah, worked on Jetpack Joyride, Fruit Ninja, a lot of just adding new features. There's a thing called the Strong Arm Machine in Jetpack Joyride. That was my design on that. Uh, worked on heaps and heaps of different prototypes that never came out from there. At least three different versions of what a Fruit Ninja 2 is. Because Fruit Ninja is really hard. It's a, it's a really simple game, and you can't make it more complicated without making it kind of losing a lot of what it makes it useful. Um, but then I've now been in uh, New Zealand for five and a half years at a studio called Pickpock. Uh, they are uh, another mobile, mobile studio. We're doing really well at the moment. I've worked on games like uh, Doomsday Clicker, Rival Stars College Football, um, Into the Dead 2 for a little bit. Uh, and uh, then made uh, two games for the Snapchat platform called Zombie Rescue Squad and Ready, Set, Golf. Uh, and now I'm currently working on a new game, which is going through a lot at the moment. <laughs> We're not even going to ask you what it is because we know you probably can't say what it is, but I bet it's <laughs> really cool. Unless you can tell us what it is, can you? Uh, not so much at the moment, ah, but, uh, and even if I told you what it was at the moment, it's going through a lot of changes right now anyway. So <laughs> even if I told you what it was, it wouldn't even be relevant to what it is right. in, okay. probably by the end of the year. <laughs> no, that's awesome though. Oh, you, you do have a really awesome job. Speaking of which, just totally out of curiosity, mm -hmm. it's really bright. What time is it over there? Uh, well, it's, it, well, it's, uh, 1 PM at the moment over here. Um, it's actually, not, it's actually like miserably gray. Uh, but I think it's just the, <laughs> the, the light coming through is it's like, uh, it is, I mean, right now we're like right in the middle of winter. Uh, so it's kind of getting a bit, <laughs> a bit dark and gloomy. Uh, New Zealand is very much known for just being a rainy place to be. Um, uh so yeah that's that's the sort of goal at the moment well that's awesome no i was just curious because i saw that now you know back on track used to back on track so <laughs> i am i'm kind of curious so with regards to just sonic in general what's your favorite i'm gonna ask it what's your favorite <laughs> sonic game uh it's probably in retrospect i think it's probably sonic three and knuckles um and because I went back, because I would have played as a kid, I would have played the, all the Sonic games over and over and over. But the one thing I remember about Sonic Three and Knuckles was having to uh, was making sure that I fit, uh, filled out every single save slot in that game. <laughs> so you'd play with oh, Sonic and Tails and Knuckles, and then get all the emeralds and get all the super emeralds. And, oh, and then I would use a friend's copy, and then I would use, and then I would save on their on on their game and do all theirs. So I would have played that over and over and over. Uh, and it's definitely uh, probably my. I think it's my the fav my favorite of the lot. You, you, you. <laughs> I, I really like you. 
<laughs> so I'm really excited for Sonic Origins uh, to finally do the remake of that uh, and see what they do with it. I know. I so okay. So one thing I will say. Well, wait. Before I even say that, if you had to pick one character from the Sonic franchise that was your favorite character, who is it? Mm. Uh, I think. Hmm. I think my one of my. I think nowadays I probably like Blaze the Cat a lot, which I really like. Outside of Sonic Three and Knuckles, I really liked. Sonic Rush and Sonic Rush Adventure. Um, I thought like the dynamic between that. I like it when that character shows up in the comics and so forth. I think that's probably one of my more fav- more of the modern era of of ga- of characters. That one's mine. The main issue really is that, and this is an issue that they've done with a lot of new characters. They make it really hard for any of those characters to exist again uh, in any fashion because like. Yeah. Places in another different dimension or whatever. So then you have to constantly explain that <laughs> whenever you want to, you know, same with like silver or something like that, where it's like, he's in the future, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> he can come back whenever this is way too complicated. You could have just done, made this so much simpler, but I no. just did that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. All right. But it would have been knuckles probably otherwise. Oh. <laughs> At least, I mean, it was also because he was in the kidna and I'm from Australia originally. So, right. Right. so that works out. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I always knew I liked you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So clearly we're on the same wavelength when it comes to games. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably in the character sphere. I mean, you said mm-hmm. no. so. I'll just go with that. So, what do you think are some of the um, aspects of the games that you like the most? What are some of the things about Sonic, the franchise, the games that really draw you to it? I think uh, a lot of it. I mean, now that I am a game designer and like actually looking at Sonic games from that aspect a lot more. I think a lot of it really is the simplicity of it. Uh, when you look back at the original games uh, and even like Mania, now everything is just one button, right? right. You could, and the parts of it were, A, uh, it's a single button game where it's so easy to do something that looked cool. Like it was effortless in that and Regardless on if you were at the high level or the or low level, you could still probably find something that made it look cool uh, when you were doing something, when you were just like rolling down a hill versus finding like a thing like that, uh, going fast. Um, I think that's where, even if uh, the Sonic Rush games were uh, a little bit more complicated generally because it had like a trick system and everything, but the fact that they just had a button that you just pretty much press the entire time to boost to blow through everything it made it effortless to just look cool yeah uh and that's the part of it that really uh took the sonic advance games and then just made it more fun because sonic advance had the sonic advance like two and three had the speed but then you never could see anything in front of you so you just would get hit and then it would feel bad sonic rush just made it so that press this button and then you won't die yeah. <laughs> and well, then it's like, oh, this might, this feels way more fun now. <laughs> yeah, right. So what do you think your 
and and I guess this kind of goes in line with that. But what's the what's your favorite thing to work on? And this maybe is in relation to Sonic. But what is something that you thoroughly enjoy when you're working on a project? Um, what is it that you enjoy the most? What pro- part of the process? I think a lot of it's just the the problem solving aspect, like just being given a problem and then going, all right, let's try to actually like figure out what the what's the a coming up with a, a cool idea and then going that's too complicated but what am i actually after like what is the nugget that i'm trying to accomplish with this thing and there might be a much simpler way to actually for that to occur so the actual like how do i make this uh how do i how do we take this game and make it more fun uh yeah. is something which um, i'm usually ch- i'm usually thrown on some projects sometimes to go okay can you find the fun of this and how do you make this more fun Right. So yeah. a game like one of the, the last game I worked on fully was Ready Set Golf, which is a massive multi. It's like an eight player golf game where you just play golf really quickly, but it's more like playing pool. <laughs> so <laughs> where you're just like pulling back and going around, there's very little physics on it because it's like a web game kind of thing. Uh, but like you had power ups, like being able to have a fireball or the 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 ball grew wings and it can like fly over water uh water hazards and stuff like that so like little things like that was like let's make how we can make this more fun right yeah so, so yeah. i think that now we we probably got the listeners already all all excited <laughs> and, and all wanting to be game designers too and whatnot so i'm curious to know like what was the journey like for you to you know make it there what was like your first job that kind of led to all these other jobs and uh, and it really, when you were going to school, or, or, or what kind of background did you need to get there? Just for everyone listening to, to find yeah. out. It's a very my 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 journey is a little bit of an odd one because I uh, I'm from Adelaide uh, in South Australia, and there were no like game design courses or anything like that. Uh, so the closest thing I had was uh, computer science uh, at the University of Adelaide. Now, actually, now nowadays, you can, there's actually a few different game design courses there, so that would have been very useful. But at the time, that was the closest thing I got, and that had some programming stuff in there, and we did like some make a make a car go around to track stuff. But yeah, one of the but doing that, um, like I had to sort of repeat some some of the stuff I had to do there because I was just really bad at exams, even if I was like a hermit for two weeks trying to like do everything. But I was able to finally get through and finish my computer design, my computer science course. And like, yeah, math was really hard for me. Uh, I barely passed it in the end. And then I kind of went, I don't think I'm actually very good at this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, but at that point um, in Adelaide as well, there were no, there was one game, de- game developer there called Chrome Studios. Uh, they had just started a new studio. And I was lucky enough to know that they were looking for, they were looking for a designer. I didn't get that job, but then I went in, was able to get a QA job there. Uh, and that was being able to be part of that crew and just knowing people and like seeing what they're doing and just talking about design with the designer there. There's a guy uh, who is still in the industry called Kimbo. He was a really good person to like just help me with all that sort of stuff. Um, and originally, I was going to maybe move into design there, and then I was let go uh, because Chrome Studios kind of imploded <laughs> at the time. But 
the uh, it that sort of stuff got me got me into it, and then with a half brick actually, because I was I was running a website about Xbox Live Arcade games. They were making a game called Rascals, uh, and so I interviewed the CEO uh, for my blog, and then I'd also put in my resume because that's what they were looking for designers, uh, and was able to uh, try to push for. Uh, and then I was like, "Hey, there's this, you know, there's some little uh, get together thing in this other state. Uh, are you going to that?" Like, uh, we weren't, but we are now. I took a, a bus to that state uh, one day and was able to meet up with those guys and have a chat and put myself forward as like I'm a person who I think might fit within your uh, your studio. Uh, did the uh, design tests for them as well and was able to get a job without actually much proof of any design experience uh, previously. Um, but I did well enough on the design tests that they did that they gave me a shot. So what, what did those design tests look like? Like what's the, what it was like? At the time, uh, Halfbrick's design tests were more based around the DS because that's what pro, that's what they were making games for so the two of them were like it was actually like make can you draw on a piece of paper because this was all through like zoom this is all through like skype uh, at the time because i was far away how would you make this level or like with this mechanic uh one of them was like how would you make a mario game how would you make super mario but with only touch or something like that and the ultimate goal of that one was actually it's not very good <laughs> it's uh, you, you. It's not like yes, we've made one that's perfect, and this would definitely be do it. I'll, it was actually to prove that you would go. Actually, no, this is a bad idea. <laughs> um, so, well, well, that that was a a trick question, right? That was a, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Something oh, that's no, that's actually really good. Uh, you know, they they had those kinds of things because. If you were honest, right, you were like, yeah, I'm not going to just tell you something that's not true. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not yeah. going to work out. <laughs> uh, and, the thing is, and the thing especially with that was, like, any of that stuff I would have learned at that point, even if I did do a game design course back in, you know, 2008, 2009, none of, almost none of that would have been relevant with, with any of the stuff that we do now. Because now it's all, with mobile games, it's you know it's figuring out not uh, you know uh, touch mechanics. It's about uh, monetization and figuring mm -hmm. out uh, things. Like I got really into doing user experience or UI design, mm -hmm. uh, which was not a thing that anyone really did uh, mm -hmm. at any studio at the time. It wasn't like UX was not like a big thing that people were mm -hmm. like getting hired for. Now it's a, a massive industry. Um, and a lot of that I just had to learn on the on the job because we made a game like Fruit Ninja and you just had to do stuff or figure it out yourself. There was no rule books or any of how to make a touch game, how to make a mobile game, anything like that. Um, that's that's awesome when you can <laughs> learn like that. And and yeah. of course, you know, you you end up actually knowing more than others because, like you said, there's no manual yeah. to to go by. So well, like you, you would especially like even now, like if you were trying to make a VR game, like you have no, you pretty much have nothing to go by, <laughs> right? How do you do anything? Everyone, everyone's just figuring it out on the, on the fly. Like there's no like, ah, yes, make a 2D platformer. This is how you make a jump button. <laughs> yeah. 
which is good, right? Because if you actually come up with something really good, then you know you got yourself uh, yeah an amazing game that you know is going to be really popular for years, and uh, you're yeah. going to be able to say, right? I, I thought of that, and now yeah. everyone else is trying to copy me. <laughs> exactly. Actually, like one of the things really that is a big motivation. Oh, it's it's one of the fun things to watch. Is like, man, I, I hope I can make something that people want to rip off. Uh, mm. Right, like if you have man, that was such a good idea that everyone else wants to do this. One I've got that I feel I feel like I did it, uh, which was itself ripping off two other things. <laughs> was uh, the first game I worked at at Pickpock was Doomsday Clicker, um, which was a clicker in a like, you know, tap the buttons and and do stuff, uh, and you know it gets better. Uh, one aspect of that is we made it so that each one of the buttons was a little room with little people in it, which was a bit like a game called Tiny Tower, but clickerized instead. Once we did that and that game came out and became pretty popular, you saw games like an office space game that is pretty much that. <laughs> you saw like all sorts of these other games that were just, went, oh yeah, we could totally do that. So by ripping off another different game slightly, we made a mechanic that everyone else then wanted to rip off as well, which was neat. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, you know, we know that in addition to doing a, a game design, you also do some writing, right. For a couple of different publications and you've done it in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. And we heard that you actually got the chance to go to E3 as a writer back in like <laughs> 2009. You tell us more about I did. that. <laughs> that was cool. That was, um, uh so at what had been so what had happened was i'd made between fan game uh fan game hq and hedge blog i wanted to write about xbox live arcade games uh because no one was writing about them there was like this whole you know little industry of these cool little like five dollar ten dollar games this is before indie games now which are huge this was like the the early indie stuff that no one was really writing about. Um, at the time, I was doing stuff like finding blogs. No, what was it? I was finding on classification websites a game that would be classified, which no one had heard about. And then I would be posting them on a forum, and then that would then get picked up by Kotaku or something. So I ended up going, why am I giving them the credit? I should make a website that then talks about that, then post that link onto the forum, and then Kotaku will then credit me <laughs> for that. Uh, and rather than like some guy on this website has found something. Um, so I started doing that, made my own little like blogspot thing called Xblar. Um, and then I was contacted by Simon Carlos over at Gamma Sutra. Uh, and I was like, hey, how about you do that? But like, we'll pay you a bit of money and you run a website called Gamerbytes. Like, yep, sure. That sounds good. Uh, I, I, you know, US dollars was quite good at that time <laughs> before the, the global financial crisis where it was like, oh, man, 500 bucks is like 900 Australian. That's great. Um, then from that, I was able to get a, hey, you can, hey, here's the ticket to go to E3. And I was like, well, I don't think I'll ever be able to go ever again to, to an E3 because it felt like people were saying it was going to die at that point. Uh, so I just got my, uh, got a flight over to LA from Australia and stayed at a shitty hotel in, 
uh, in, like a street away from Hollywood Boulevard, uh, and was able to like wander around the E3 uh, uh, show floor, um, and actually met like some really cool people that even now like I still uh, like I've chatted to a bit since then. Like, if, if uh, one of them was uh, Nathan Vella, who is the guy who runs Cafe Barra Games. Uh, that was a fun one because he was making at the time a game called Critter Crunch HD for the PS3, and I was the only person who cared that day. <laughs> uh, the other one, actually, which was a fun one, was uh, Trials HD, uh, which was a huge game on Xbox Live Arcade, but nobody cared about it at the E3 conference because they were like, what is this bike game? Uh, who cares? And I was like, oh, no, I would talk to those guys. I said, oh, yeah, I remember I played a bit of Trials 2 on the PC and everything. And they were just so, you know, these are some guys, I think, from maybe the Netherlands or something. They were so excited. that They're like, man, you're the only person who's actually cared about us all day. We're going to give you, like, this, like, poster thing for Trials HD. So that was, like, really cool. Um, and actually, the fun thing was I, my current boss, uh, who uh, I actually met for the first time at E3, because they were trying to show off a game called uh, that they were making on on PS3 called Shatter, uh, which is a because uh, they which is like a kind of a breakout style game, but like really flashy graphics. But they weren't able to get into E3. They were able to get into the art exhibit that was around E3 uh, <laughs> as as an art game. Uh, so I did have a interview with that guy with with my current boss there just about that game at the time so it's one of those small world things where <laughs> you a lot of it, a lot of the industry is about the people that you meet and uh, over time yeah i can i can totally relate to that i mean it seems like most industries are kind of a uh, they're they may seem huge but then they're actually much smaller than people think and then they get yep. smaller if you get into very specific areas so no that's awesome that is really cool so you know, I, I so hearing more about your history and your background, I think it's I think it's worth you know asking. Where do you see yourself going? You know, it, do you see uh, do do you see something that interests you long term that you'd like to go into in the field, or you know, what is what what are your plans? My plans at the moment um, are still uh, well. I've actually you know, a lot of it is is coming up within uh, just life generally at the moment uh because uh my partner who i met here in new zealand actually lives over in the us and she was meant to be coming over here uh, at the beginning of last year and then the pandemics happened so that's that's been a real rough one but i am going to be heading to the us to be there for six months in august um, but still working for pickpock but working remotely uh, but that's going to be like a really interesting, like just change of how all that sort of stuff works. I really like Pickpock a lot, uh, and some of the stuff that they're coming up with right now is like pretty amazing, and I'm really excited to see more of of what goes and be a part of that. Um, it's just going to be an interesting thing to see where we go, where I where I exist within that whole spectrum at the moment. Well, depending on where you are when you come to the United States, let us know. Because we're on either coast, <laughs> so we're happy. To- <laughs> yeah. Well, part of the fun will actually be because she works remotely and I work remotely. Uh, we can kind of go around a little bit 
you know, you can work remotely from anywhere. So, you know, exactly. where, wherever it is, but absolutely. Yeah. So I have one uh, final question here for you. Uh, being that you are a, a game designer, uh, and I, I thought I'd ask, uh, if you could create your own Sonic game, you know, you might have new features, whatnot, uh, what, what would you create, right? Think about it uh, as if you're pitching uh, Sega, right? Uh, you're probably in the interview room. They're asking you this question. Uh, what do you tell them? <sighs> it's real hard because, like, you definitely look at, like, the sort of things that they're trying to do with Sonic at the moment. Um, <laughs> I think as a dumb as a dumb thing, one thing – so one one idea I've had recently, which – it's definitely on the like, man, I want to make this as a fan game uh, <laughs> sort of thing is I want to make, I would love to make a 2D side-scrolling golf game where <laughs> it's like you could make it so that Sonic plays golf and just you could make the levels look like Sonic uh, or, <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Uh, and then I'd love it if I could do that, but then make it so it's moddable so that anyone could put any character in it from any game or whatever. Like if you could, if someone wants to make a Mario three course or something, that would be that sort of thing, but just be like a 2d side scrolling golf game. The yeah. only other one I've, yeah, that'd be fun in the same way that, or, or it would be like hacking Sonic Robo blast two to be a golf game. And then people can just make courses in that <laughs> or something like that. Uh, the only other, the other weird one, like, which is absolutely not something that anyone would do, but, uh, I was inspired by another, not a, it's not a fan game. It's a, it's a new game. It's called Anilin, which is a, it's a game that's meant to look like a retro, uh, arcade machine type game. Like it's got a very, uh, it's like a sort of Pac-Man-y sort of game. It's like a girl in a girl in a cave collecting gold. Uh, avoiding snakes, which are sort of like the ghosts in Pac-Man. I was wondering, I'd like to go like, if you were trying to make a sequel to Flicky, would you, how would you do that if it was still based on Sonic more than Flicky? So, you know, having would Flicky go around uh, picking up stuff to then try to destroy robots so that you can collect all the Pickies and Flickies and uh, Pockies or whatever, and then take them to the edge? How would you do that? Um, I'd love to, like, if I had time, just fiddle around with making a fl sequel to Flicky, a game which I don't actually really care that much about, but it's more a, <laughs> I'd just like to make something really tiny and just see if it, that mechanic will work out okay. Makes sense to me. I would like to just make more, like, I'd love to see more side games for, for Sonic generally. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of things like Sonic Spinball or Sonic R. And at the moment, it's definitely gone into there's just all like the doing weird, weird stuff like Sonic Battle. Um, yeah. And they haven't really done any of that for a while where it's either a Sonic game or a Sonic racing game. Um, I feel like there's a thing in the middle where you could make some weird stuff or make a Tails game or make another Sonic Battle or could you could make a Sonic Sonic Soccer, that sort of thing. Or I don't know, maybe there's another game that you can make too. Knuckles, <laughs> maybe. You know, right? Yeah, right. There's some I mean, stuff there, you know. Um, just being out, yeah. Like even like little puzzle games and stuff like that. Uh, I'd be keen on 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 figuring it out in some way. No, yeah, that would be awesome. 
Yeah. yeah. Even mobile games, because mobile games right now for Sonic are just like it's a runner, which totally makes sense. But that's where making some weird. Do you make a blue? You know, uh, get blue spheres forever, where it just is a game where you just have to keep playing that game until you die. As a mobile game, <laughs> would that be fun? I don't know. <laughs> you know that right. what they need to do? They need to do the the special stages as a mobile game, but just specials. You know, like the special stages from the classic games, and and just yeah. just have that, right? You keep collecting the emeralds as was in the game, but yeah, you know, just see how him. far you go, uh, yeah. sort of thing. It's a runner, but it's on the 3D sphere, um, or something. You know, who knows? Um, or you know, make a golf game, but make it on mobile, or make a puzzle game, uh, make a Picross game, <laughs> which I guess actually still that's there's, a, there's meant to be a Mega Drive Picross game coming out at some point on the Switch. It was announced like a year ago. I don't know why it takes so long to make another <laughs> Picross game. Wow, cool. Well, hey, if if Sega ever listens to this, they they have a lot of good ideas that, <laughs> that they could do, and and you could do it on mobile, right? Mobile uh, game would be much quicker to do and uh I, I could see that right and uh you know with the mario sonic crossovers with the olympic games and i don't see why they couldn't do a mobile game like that too right yeah they've done bits and pieces but like it's always yeah i'd love to just see something weird because even those early mobile games like when it was like a on in japanese phones they were like doing sonic darts Sonic, <laughs> you know, all these like weird Sonic backgammon, blah blah blah. Probably not go that far. I don't think anyone would really be trying to play Sonic backgammon. <laughs> it's not probably not part of the uh, the the thing. But you could make you know a Streets of Rage style game with Sonic advancey looking art and stuff like that. Probably pretty well using the Sonic battle mechanics. But that um, one game I go back to sometimes is was a. Mega Drive game called Tiny Toons Acme All Stars. That was a game you could play basketball and soccer with. Um, And that was actually really, really good. And each character had uh, its own power up. It's like, man, I could just, if I could hack this, I would just make them all Sonic characters and it would (laughs) totally work. And everyone would go, yes, no, this is perfect. So. The issue is, is I I can't program very well and don't trust myself to do it. So. If someone else could make my idea, that'd be great. That's why I'm a designer and not a programmer. <laughs> well, awesome. Wow, this was great. Thank you so much for, for joining us. I, I I learned a lot, and I'm very, very excited that uh, we had the opportunity to meet with you. Just a lot of fun. Happy to do it. Yeah. And what, one last thing, uh, Brian, before I let you go. Um, where can people follow you? Like this, we'll, we'll give you as much time as you want to share your, <laughs> promote your stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I've got, I've got too many blogs. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter as at, uh, at Arlan2, R-L-A-N-2. You can follow all my blogs, uh, Sonic underscore Hedgeblog, uh, at Game Art Archive, uh, at Old Game Mags, at Sega underscore City, at Nintendo Metro. All those posts are something every day. Uh, they're all on just a big ass queue uh, or posting videos, posting GIFs uh, or posting extracted artwork from manuals that I've been scanning. Um, just, uh, and uh, you can see my website at makesvideogames.com. 
which will uh, talk about any of the games I've worked on uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, and uh, you can also check out our games at pickpock.com, uh, where you can check out uh, games like Rival Stars College Football. Agent Intercept is a game we've just released on Steam uh, as of a couple of days ago. I highly recommend it. It is like a spy, it's like Spy Hunter, but good. And like a 70s uh, car thriller where you have a control, uh, uh, transformation, uh, a, a transforming car, which can go from a car, boat, plane, etc. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. No worries. Happy to be here. Any other, anytime. All right. Well, thank you so much again. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. Luis, it's always a pleasure. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope I, I can be on uh, more often now, but you know, life, life gets you busy sometimes, but we're here at least doing the chats uh, and the live shows every weekend. <laughs> And of course, we'll, we'll chat about that. We have a we have a board meeting for a vote. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, thank you, thank you. And don't forget to all of our listeners. Please be sure to subscribe to the Hedgehog Zone at one of your one of the podcasts platforms that you choose. Any of them, all of them, Apple, whichever one, and. Make sure to follow us on social media at The Hedgehog Zone on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, except I don't think we're on LinkedIn and we're not going on LinkedIn. So there's that. But again, thank you to everybody and thank you for joining us, Rads. It was a pleasure. No worries. <laughs>